Hello, everyone. This is Gary Schleifer, and I'm the publisher of Choice, the magazine of professional coaching. Today's webinar is presented by Choice Interactive Membership, also known as SIM, C-I-M. And you'll hear about it throughout the webinar and especially at the end, so stick to the end of the call and you'll know more about what is the Choice Interactive Membership. And why the Telesummit? Well, this is our 10th anniversary of publishing Choice, and as a turn of play, we've decided to move out of the stands, haha, magazine stands, and onto the court, and take an active role in the success of coaches and the sustainability of the coaching profession. And the Telesummit is a showcase of the best and brightest minds in business and coaching, and today's guest is no exception. But before we go into that, a little bit of housekeeping. We are on a mutable bridge. Press star 6 to mute if you're in a noisy location. Star 7, unmute to ask a question or make a comment. You can also post your questions on the left side of your screen in the box, and we'll be monitoring those questions for our Q&A section later in the call. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash choice magazine, and you can make your comments there. And please remember, you have to refresh your, first of all, you have to like us, which I hope you do. And secondly, you have to refresh your screen to see anyone's comments on the Facebook posting. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today, Susie Pomerantz. And you can see her wonderful picture right there, and that is exactly who she is. And our presentation today is all about... How to seal the deal. Seal the deal in particular, nine key mindsets to help you seal the deal for coaching mastery. And why I said seal the deal separately is because one of the things that I know about Susie is that she's written a book about seal the deal. She is speaks about it, and that's not all. She's been a coach in, in the coaching business for 20 years. She's been an MCC for 16 years and is, was in a group of executive coaches that were first awarded their MCC. She's coached leaders and executives, get this, in 168 organizations around the world. She's currently coaching 27 executives, all from referrals and inbound requests. She's the founder of the Leading Coaches Center and the Library of Professional Coaching, and not only did she write Seal the Deal, it's an international bestseller. And she's also written six other books. And I, I, I almost want to sing, if you knew Susie like I knew, but I know, we've heard that a million times, right? <laughs> but I do know Susie personally. She's a very, very dear friend. Just like her picture, she's dynamic, she's outgoing, she's as brilliant as she is beautiful, and I'm very thankful to have you here today with us. Susie, what else would you like our audience to know about you? Oh, thank you, Gary. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thrilled to be here, and I really appreciate you for including me as part of this really exciting launch of this Choice Interactive Membership, and I know this has been a dream of yours for a long time, because I know we've had countless conversations about your vision, and I just want to acknowledge you for your vision and for your tireless stewardship of the coaching profession. I'm just honored to be here to play with you. Oh, thank you. So, shall we jump into it then? 
let's get right into it. I'm wondering what your <laughs> what Malcolm Gladwell's got to do with today's conversation. Well, don't you just love his hair? First of all, okay. Uh, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could say he's on fire. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about. For those of us that are on the call that are coaches, whether internal in organizations or external coaches, today we're going to talk about your fluency, your mastery, and your comfort with getting coaching clients. But I know this is Mastery Week here at SIM, so what is mastery? Um, so that's really what I want to start with. And why Malcolm Gladwell's up on the screen is because in his book, Outliers, he wrote about mastery is taking it takes 10,000 hours to be considered mas- to have mastery of something. So he calls that the magic number of greatness. And also in Outliers, he quoted a neuroscientist named Daniel Levin about how 10,000 hours is just about the amount of practice required for the mastery associated with being a world-class expert which I just thought was fascinating to think about when you apply it to coaching. And if we're looking at world-class experts in coaching or we're looking at coaching mastery, that requires 10,000 hours of practice. Now, that doesn't mean 10,000 hours before you get your first client. So to me, that really raises the question, how are you going to generate 10,000 coaching hours? How are you going to generate enough clients to achieve 10,000 hours of coaching? And how many clients is that really? So... In order to do that, you have to know how to seal the deal, which is more than just knowing how to close a coaching deal. We're not talking about just how to sign on a paying coaching client or 10,000 of them for that matter. What you, you have to understand is business development as a process. And you, all of us on this call, need to customize a system. You want to customize a system that works for you and leverages your natural strengths and personality style and preferences, and that's what we're really going to explore today. So first, let's define some terms around business development, and then we can explore the distinctions between those concepts as well as some mindset explorations. You know, we coaches love to talk about mindsets and some models for you to consider as you build your business development system. So business development is comprised of three distinct domains, networking, marketing, and sales. And Gary, can you see that chart up there? Is that Are the slides working that's the way they should? loud and clear with a big star right in the middle. I guess that's the sweet spot. Perfect, yes. So this slide is the sweet spot model for how you seal the deal. So the star that Gary just referenced, that star is where all three intersect. And that sweet spot is the place where your mindsets and your actions and your conversations all come together to easily generate new coaching opportunities for you. So the key to seal the deal, which is represented by that star in the middle, that sweet spot star, is what happens when you get all three domains working in strategic concert to get you business. So I'm going to go over the distinctions of each of these three domains, but the main point is that it's like a three-legged stool. Your business development system will be balanced if you're taking strategic action in all three domains simultaneously. So when the three legs of the business development stool are balanced is when you're most easily sealing the deal, and you can just sit down and relax on that little old stool. Um, Okay, so just to define the overarching term of business development, that means simply creating opportunities for you to serve, meaning to coach, qualified clients. It's the overarching umbrella term or the seat of the stool, and that's what's supported by the three legs of the stool that are networking, marketing, and sales. So let's distinguish these. And we're going to start with networking. You can see Bob here practicing lying, which just makes me chuckle. 
Um, so real networking, real networking is not about lying. It's not about schmoozing. It's not about forcing yourself to socialize in situations or with people that you don't really want to connect with. Real networking is completely in line with your coaching skills and therefore will not feel foreign and uncomfortable. So if networking is feeling foreign and uncomfortable to you, you want to check to see if your networking actions are aligned with your most genuine self. And we're going to talk about that in a little, a little bit more as we go on. But really, networking is the relational aspect of your business. It's about connecting with others for a mutual exploration of what's possible, perhaps to share ideas or to share connections or resources or information or maybe leads and referrals. It, it could be that, but it doesn't have to be that. And cultivating a working network of relationships is crucial to your business development system, but in and of itself is not going to be the only way you build or expand your client base. Really, it's about creating a genuine human connection with no agenda. And there are not working that we're not going to dive into today because we don't have time in this call, but you can find them for free. They're available on the Internet. You can go to the Library of Professional Coaching and get them for free. You can go to my website and get them for free. If you happen to already have a copy of the book, Seal the Deal, it's on page 266. Okay, but introverts and extroverts alike can excel here. Networking really is the secret sauce, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Both styles can successfully create relationships and genuine human connections. You already experience this in your life. You already know that you know how to create relationships. The key difference is that an extrovert will gain energy by meeting and interacting with people all day long, and the introvert will need some alone time to recharge. But for either style, if you're networking and, and talking to someone who is draining your energy or if you're interacting with someone who is boring you to tears, you are not stuck. So I can't tell you how many people tell me, oh, I went to this horrible networking event and I was stuck in a corner talking to this person who was just trying to sell me life insurance for the whole time and I couldn't get away. So please don't do that to yourself. Simply tell the person, nice to meet you, excuse me, I need to go get a drink, or please excuse me, it was great talking to you, and you get yourself out of that conversation and you move on to another conversation. The thing to keep in mind is that there are 7 billion people on the planet, so there is no need for any of us to stay stuck talking to someone with whom we're not feeling that genuine human connection. The only person we're hurting in that interaction is ourselves. So the most important piece is to customize your own networking system in alignment with your personality, your style, your preferences, your passions. So what I mean by that is if you're an introvert who likes gardening, don't go to one of these big 5,000-person networking events where you're going to be playing swamp business cards with you know, the 1,000 people in your corner of the room. Don't do that. Um, if you're an introvert, you need to honor that, and you need to not force yourself into extroverted ways of networking. Maybe if you're an introvert who prefers gardening, join your local gardening circle and gardening club and start really having genuine connections with the people there, maybe doing one-on-one -on -one coffees or lunches or something that works for you. The point is there's no one right way to do networking, and don't let anyone tell you that there is. Um, it's about creating your own authentic approach. So let's keep in mind the D definition of networking is creating a genuine human connection, period. However you most genuinely and happily do that is your right way to network. So if you're not someone who loves going to conferences every month, don't go to conferences every month. <laughs> Forget about what anyone 
any expert or guru tells you that you have to go do to grow your business, do what works for you. I'm hereby giving you official permission. But do something. You can't just skip networking and hope to get enough folks to get in those 10,000 hours of coaching. So you've got to do something, but do what works for you. And networking is how you... That's, it's how you start your business development system. It also happens to be the best place to take action if you get stuck. It's, it's the place to get unstuck if your business development results have stagnated or slowed or you're not getting the results that you want. So networking is your go-to tool, whether you're getting started, getting unstuck, or whether you just want to turn up the volume on your ability to seal the deal. And networking is the place to turn to generate any results that you want in your business. It's, it's the domain of relationships and conversations. We are great at that as coaches. You already know how to do this. So ask yourself, what conversations do I need to have? Or with whom should I be having conversations now? And if you're not having enough conversations, that's the action to take. Go get into conversation with people. Okay, so that's it about networking. Let's, let's move on to marketing. Marketing is really the preparational leg of your stool. And often, People will commingle the term marketing with the term business development, and they'll say things like, I need to do better at marketing my business, but what they really mean is that they want more clients. So the way to get more clients is to understand the roles of each of these legs of the business development stool and to ensure that you're taking action in all three domains. Marketing is how you're going to prepare yourself to take your unique package, your irresistible offer, your message, your you to market. It's preparing your outreach strategy. It's preparing your message, and it involves strategic thinking and design work and writing and branding activities. It's about increasing your visibility. Social media plays an important part in that. Um, so marketing actions, let's just get it down to action, includes anytime you're doing any um, promoting, like writing copy, working on your website, email campaigns, the preparation and promotion of all of that stuff includes visibility and outreach strategy like writing articles, doing presentations, doing social media posts. Um, it includes anything to do with crafting or disseminating your message or your irresistible offers. Um, anything when you're spending time designing your website, your logo, your training programs, your coaching offer, your book cover, your business cards, anything that you're designing is, is a marketing activity. Um, it, any collateral materials, business cards, letterhead, brochures, anything with a logo on it, any kind of client swag, all of that is, is marketing activities, anything that you're doing around your brand. So we can, we can actually spend lots of time doing that stuff because that's the fun stuff of business. And the, the danger is that we will be spending all of our time doing that and wondering why we're not having clients. So, again, this points to why we need all three of these working in concert. So you can't just, the, the sad news is, you can't just hide out behind your computer designing stuff and thinking stuff up. That's not going to get you clients. It's important. You've got to do it. But by itself, that's not going to get you clients. Okay, so what is sales? Let's look at the third, the third leg of the stool. Sales is the implementation piece. And it's worth noting your current thoughts and beliefs about sales. So when I said the word sales, you had an immediate reaction whether you were aware of it or not. It might have been positive, might have been negative. Take a look. Was your reaction charged or, or neutral? Uh, what do you make it mean? What does sales mean to you? So think about that for a second. Jot yourself a note if you need to. But think about what is sales to you? Now the official definition is that sales is a series of conversations 
not unlike coaching, right, when you think about that, but with a different set of intended outcomes. So when you're coaching a client, the outcomes are about some transformation or movement that's based on the client's agenda. In, in sales, it's an exchange of commitments. It's an exchange of promises. It's an, it's an equal exchange of value. Um, so sales conversations involve qualifying prospective buyers, making appointments, seeking to be of service, coming from a place of service, making, making offers. Fabulous and bold offers are great. Asking for the business, that's the piece that some people often shy away from. But the secret lies in how you think about sales. If you think about sales as a coaching conversation that extends beyond the client agenda to include a mutual agenda, you might find it more comfortable. It's really all about mindsets. The definition of sales is a conversation or series of conversations for the purpose of creating an equal exchange of value. Of course, there's a lot of pieces to sales that we're not going to go into now because of time. We can spend hours and hours just talking about sales, um, such as how do you start the sales conversation? How do you lead the sales conversation? How do you help your client decide to work with you? But we're going to focus on one key ingredient. The most important ingredient of the sales soup, if you will, is the value proposition. So we're going to go into that briefly. But just the bottom line summary of the three-legged stool concept is that networking is connecting, marketing is messaging, and sales is a conversation to create an equal exchange of value. So what do we mean by value? So people buy coaching services from you when you've helped them to clearly see the value of what results coaching can create for them. So if, if you're thinking about um, sales or selling coaching services as, oh, I have to sell myself, I'm going to invite you to shift that mindset, to, to shift it from selling yourself because you're not selling yourself. You're selling the results that coaching can create for others. And we talked about sales as an equal exchange of value, but how does that apply to your coaching business or inside your organization if you coach internally? Well, first, <clears throat> you have to find out what matters to the other person. What are they committed to? What are their goals and aspirations? What are their needs? What do they care about? Then you've got to explore with them what are they challenged by and what is that costing them? So if your idea or your product or your service can help them solve that problem or fulfill that need or challenge, what would that be worth to them? Right? So you want to prepare for conversations by thinking through the value proposition and then design your conversation just the same way you would design coaching questions for a particular client. So the, kind of thinking about this in terms of using your coaching skills to get clients. You want to design coaching questions to start the sales conversation, just like you would design coaching questions to begin a coaching conversation. So take a second to think for yourself, how do I usually start a coaching conversation, right? Some of those very same questions that you might ask to start a coaching conversation, like it might be something like, what would be most important for us to talk about today? Or what's on your mind? Or what's been happening for you since we last spoke or what's showing up as a challenge, right? Some of these kind of good coaching starter questions are perfect sales starter questions. And you're going to be guiding the conversation to help them gain clarity and to decide if it makes sense for them to work with you. Sales conversations are just coaching conversations with an additional agenda. 
So you can use your coaching questions and coaching conversations to get clients. But one caveat to this is your mindset, okay? It all comes back to mindsets. If you're someone who believes that sales is a bad thing or an aggressive thing, then it will be a bad thing, and that won't help you grow your business. So you have to find a way to believe in sales as aligned to that which you're and that which you believe in. So if necessary, you might want to think about creating for yourself some kind of a paradigm shift so that you can view sales as something worthy, meaningful, valuable, like you've got a solution to a problem that your clients face or you're a safe choice to help them with whatever you're helping them with, but on it, but you know, it really is up to them to decide. So where you can be of service is helping your client decide what will serve them best, and that's where your coaching skills come in. But you have to be willing to have an outcome other than you getting the sale. So you have to kind of be okay with whatever the outcome will be, whether it, it it's what you wanted it to be or not. So what what will it take for you to have comfort with asking questions that open a conversation to offering your services or to offering more services if you're already working in an organization. So helping them decide what will serve them best might include asking them, uh, what else are you considering besides coaching, right? Getting them to evaluate with you as their guide what their other options are. But don't leave the conversation in limbo because this is where your leadership skills come in. In a sales conversation, you are leading the conversation. So you want to be prepared to help them even if they get some new clarity out of the conversation that is not the outcome you want. So even if in the course of talking with you they become super clear that coaching is not the right intervention or even if in the course of your conversation they become super clear that, yes, they want to coach but you're not the right one for them, Still be prepared to help them. You want to nurture that relationship even if you are not the right solution for them right now because it's going to it's going to work to your uh it's going to work to your benefit down the road. Either they're going to be so grateful that you were able to connect them with a coach that wasn't you that they're going to remember that and refer you to others or maybe the timing is is right now for something different and then later on down the road the timing will be right for them to come back to you and work with you. But either way, you want to nurture that relationship regardless of the outcome. Um, and you want to just be of service with providing them with a referral to another coach or maybe some kind of a follow-up plan like, well, why don't we revisit this and get together again in six months and see where you are, you know, or whatever they need. You want to come from what they need. So in that sense, a sales conversation is exactly like a coaching conversation because you're looking to come from what they need, okay? So just explore your current mindsets and look for – what is the mindset that makes you feel more comfortable? Or one way to look at it would be, what is the mindset that makes you most uncomfortable about sales or selling, and what shift can you create for that to make yourself more comfortable? There's no reason to be uncomfortable. This is not one of those things like you have to get out of your comfort zone to succeed. You don't. You just have to shift your mindset so that your actions can fit with your comfort zone, but you can still be in action. Um, and if you want to get out of your comfort zone, by all means, but it's not a requirement for this. It's not like the, you know, it's not like in physical training where <laughs> you have to tear muscles to build up new ones. It's not like that. You can you can do this comfortably, and I would encourage you to find a way to do it authentically and comfortably. But so really, when you're in the sales conversation, the process that you want to guide your client through or your prospective client through is clarity, and you want to help them get clarity about a no 
and two yeses. So here's what I mean by that. If there's a no waiting in the wings, you want to get it out on center stage. No meaning no, they don't want to work with you, or no, they don't want to coach, or no, coaching is not the right intervention. Whatever the no is, if there's a no waiting in the wings, you want that front and center because no is a gift. You know, we walk around like a no means a personal rejection of us. It's not. No is a gift because it gives you both clarity and you can move on to another conversation. So it's best to determine really early on if coaching is not for them or if you're not the right coach because that allows you to get back to connecting at that pure human level and leave behind the sales or business exploration of, of trying to find a way to, to do work together. If it doesn't make sense to work together, get that fleshed out early on. Go for the no first. All right, then you, once, once you've determined that there isn't a no, then you want to go for two specific yeses. The first yes, yes number one, you want to help your client determine if the thing they want to work on is important enough. So is it the right issue? Is it big and thorny enough? Does it have enough at stake for them or their organization to invest in resolving? Is there something else that's more important? So you want to you want to find out the first yes is is this the right thing to be working on? Right? So if we've got a clear yes that there is a big, thorny, juicy thing to work on that they've got a stake in that's got an impact, then we want to look for the second yes. We want to help them determine if coaching is the right solution for this big, thorny thing we just determined is worth working on. So what else have they already tried? What would they do if they don't move forward with coaching? Is coaching the right move? If yes, what type of coaching do they need? What will really support them the most? How will they know if coaching was successful? How will they know if coaching was effective? So once you get that yes clarified, then and only then do you begin to explore if you're the right coach to help them. Oftentimes I see so many coaches just jumping right in talking about the benefits and the virtues of working with them as a coach and why they're such a great coach, but we haven't even established the no and two yeses. You've got to go through the no and two yeses before you ever begin talking about yourself, unless, of course, they ask you direct questions about you. But, again, it comes back to nurturing the relationship regardless of the outcome. So you want to detach from needing a specific outcome that serves you and focus on the best outcome to serve the client and be willing to refer colleagues or you know, it's it's actually kind of magical when you can propose not you for the solution um, because then you're truly coming from a place of helping them. And oftentimes they're so grateful for the help and the process you've just engaged them in in the sales conversation that they'll choose you anyway. So that's the no and two yeses to keep in mind. And, and let's just explore um, some of the key mindsets here. Whoops, you know what? Some of these key mindsets are actually didn't make it onto the slide, Gary, I'm just noticing, but I'll go through them anyway. Um, so, so service and support. You want to provide service and support to your client as an equal partner. So what that means is not being subservient to them or being sycophantic in any way. You want to be their collaborative peer. And you want to be in an exploration of what's possible. Um, and so does it make sense piece is, is that you're not persuading someone to do something that they don't want to do. You're helping them get clear about what they want or need to do. So in that way, it's just like coaching. And you want to have genuine curiosity. You want to be more interested than interesting. So this is, you know, so many people talk about getting your sales pitch. I say ditch the pitch. This is just, you know, do what you do best. Bring your coaching questions 
you know, be your genuine curious self and bring your coaching self into the sales conversation. That's a, that's a mindset that really helps is, is um, being curious. Another key mindset is to be referable, and that's really about having a baseline of excellence. You know, you want to plant seeds, you want to ask for referrals, um, but in order to for people to really be able to refer you, you have to be referable. You have to provide excellent service and help people get real results. Um, another key mindset is to contribute and add value. You want to you want to seek to make a difference regardless of whether they choose you. Um, you want to ask artful questions. You want to reframe the sales conversation as a coaching conversation with a mutual agenda but still in service of the client. And that's distinct from a coaching conversation because that only has a client agenda. So that's the one place that sales differs from coaching, but it's an important distinction. And it's another key mindset is that action precedes motivation. So you want to be taking ongoing action. You want to always be networking in a way that's genuine for you. You want to follow up consistently, whether you feel like it or not. Um, you want to stay in action, and you want to. If you're not getting the results you want, then dial up the action for more results. If you're overwhelmed, then dial down the action. If you're overwhelmed, this is a self-leadership practice, really. Um, and then the last key mindset is confidence. And, and it's not just personal confidence, although that's important, but it comes from knowing the game, meaning you want to have in-depth knowledge of your clients, of their issues, of their aspirations, of their goals and challenges, of their industry, of their organization and its culture. You also want to have confidence in your offer, in your package, in your ability to lead the coaching process and to get results, in your ability to um, to, to be different, to be a, to have a differentiator as described by your past clients. So you want to have confidence about your unique value add, and you also want to have confidence about your numbers. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to speak your price with pride <laughs> and not a big gulp. And you want to be able to um, understand the numbers of your game. How many coaching clients do you need? How many interactions does it usually take with someone to become a coaching client? You need to understand your game. So. These key mindsets are what allow you to align your coaching mastery with the ability to create sustainable opportunities to coach real paying clients and to earn a living on your way to those 10,000 hours needed for mastery. But there's a problem. There's the peaks and valleys problem, right? So if you don't have a system in place for repeatably, predictably, regularly getting clients on board, you're going to experience peaks and valleys, like ups and downs, where you're going to hustle to get work, you'll land a gig, then you'll shift your focus to delivery and to serving your client, and then you'll become too busy or you'll think you're too busy to develop new business while coaching existing clients. But then when the current projects or engagements end, you'll you'll have to begin the business development cycle all over again, and there's a ramp-up time. So... You might have already experienced this uncomfortable predictability of these ups and downs of coaching opportunities, but there's there's a way to avoid these peaks and valleys, and that is the sustainability solution. So coaching mastery really means not just mastering the skills of coaching. It, it really Coaching mastery really means that you don't have the ups and downs of the peaks and valleys problem that we just talked about and that your system is not interrupted by you shifting your focus to delivery. It means that you master the ability to simultaneously deliver service 
while continuing to network, to market, and to sell, going back to the three legs of our stool. You're going to be building your business while you're billing time, not in between billable times. And that's a key mindset shift as well. So, I mean, it really, if you drop the business development behaviors of networking and marketing and selling, if you stop doing those, you can predict a dry spell. But if you can naturally maintain those behaviors while you're serving your clients, and I say naturally because you want to do it in a way that works for you, um, if you can do that while you're serving your clients, you're going to eliminate the dry spells. You're going to create sustainable opportunities to do what you love. And that has sort of this exponential effect. It feeds on itself and it generates more referrals and generates more work. And so it ends up turning your activities become more of an inbound uh, process where the requests are coming into you because you've stayed in action long enough. It's like popping popcorn. You know, the first time you stick a bag of microwave popcorn in the microwave and turn it on, it seems like it goes a long time before you hear anything pop. And then you hear one thing pop, and it goes kind of a long time, but not as long as the first time before you hear the second pop. And then it's a shorter time until the third pop. And then all of a sudden, it's like pop, 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 pop. And that's what happens in business development, too. It seems like you're taking these actions in all three domains for a while before anything pops. But if you're able to keep taking these actions, like you keep applying the heat of the microwave, eventually all kinds of things are going to be popping. So if you are able to align your actions with all the key mindsets that we just discussed, you're not only going to be coaching more and earning more, but you're going to accelerate your ability to achieve those 10,000 hours that signify mastery. And you're also going to have sustainable business growth through inbound client requests your business development efforts are going to produce evergreen results. So the, so what's the point of all this? So it really, it's that the surefire way to be a rock star in your coaching business is to be uniquely you, genuinely you, to find your own voice, your own way of doing it, to customize your own system. Uh, you know, so many people out there nowadays are selling you the system for how to do this, the system for how to seal the deal or whatever they call it. But the truth is you've got to find and master your own customized system that works for you because you could do, even if I, if I were to lay out for you exactly what I did and you were to do exactly what I did, you wouldn't get the same results because you're you and I'm me. You've got to find the system that works for you. You can take input from all these people who've done it successfully, but you also, you also really want to honor who you are in designing your system, and that's an important piece of it, but from the mindsets through to the actions and behaviors. Um, so you want to master integrating the mindsets that we've been talking about as, as applied to your interests and your particular circumstances. And it's really about using your own personality and strengths to get to this coaching mastery and the highest level of impact that you can possibly have. So if you align your passion and your coaching skills with these concepts, you're going to be ready to seal the deal and sustain your success. So I know we're going to have a little bit of time for questions and answers, and um, I'm going to give Gary a chance to start looking at what questions have been coming in. And if you have questions, I know I kind of covered a lot pretty quickly, so if you need me to repeat anything or if you have questions or need clarification on anything I've talked about, feel free to post it in the box for Gary. And I don't have visibility to that box, so Gary will share with me what questions you have. Um, and really, I, I just want to thank you for, 
for being involved today and for being part of the Choice Interactive membership. And um, here are a bunch of ways you can connect with me if you choose to do so. But really, it's my honor to play in this community. And I'm a member of the community, so you can find me um, in the Choice Interactive membership forum or um, you know, feel free to email me. But there's a ton of free resources that are that will give you more details about some of the things I've talked about today and they're available free. You don't have to opt in. They're just free for the taking at the Library of Professional Coaching. There's also free articles and videos and podcasts at my website, suzypomerantz.com. Um, but let's just kind of look back at what what questions do you have um, from what we've talked about here today? Well, Susie, we do have a number of questions from some people, actually some comments as well. So first of all, let me say thank you. And um, I want to thank you for um, the particular piece that I really am taking away from this. And I loved when you talked about the no, yes, and the yes. And it's interesting how, I mean, I do a lot of calls. I call people to find out how they like choice, to find out if they are considering renewing when their subscription has lapsed. Um, with the interactive membership, I'm calling people to welcome them for a welcome them to the interactive membership and make sure they've taken the assessment that will help them guide them and things like that. So what is interesting and in that my question for you is what do you do when people won't give you a no or a yes? What do you do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it, you call it out like you would in any coaching conversation. You call it out. You know, you you actually push them towards the no. You you say, it, you know, I'm not getting a clear no or yes here, and I don't. It's not really. I don't really understand where you stand on this conversation. So, um, should I assume that you're not interested? So I don't keep pushing you down this path conversation that might not be comfortable or where are you right I, you know i would just be ask it however is natural for you to ask it but if you're getting the sense that they don't you don't know where they are they're not a no or a yes um then you want to dive into that and find out what would help them get clear just like in a coaching conversation when people are uncertain you you explore under the layers and you kind of move things aside and you dig around until you find ways to help them get clear and that's the same thing that's the same skill that will really serve coaches in the sales conversation. Oh, great. Well, thank you. I, You know, that's the – I'm going to read some of these comments as well and questions. Um, and I think the thing that I just keep get remembering is it's always a coaching conversation. Yeah. You know, so it's not to say it's never a sales conversation, but it's always a coaching conversation. And, you know, the interesting thing is when you consider when you're in your coaching conversation, you're still being, you're, you're oh, still, you're obviously being a coach and you are always having, every once in a while you have to have that conversation about ongoingness of your coaching agreement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the quote-unquote selling never stops, but neither does the coaching, right? So it's really beautiful right. that the two become one. So here's some comments from the board, and thank you to our audience. Um, Denise, Sheila, Tom, Karen have all put in comments. Please feel free to put yours in too. Denise from Calgary said, Building relationship has been a common theme throughout this telesummit. Thanks mm -hmm. for, quote, sealing that deal, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was cute. Thanks, Denise. Awesome. Uh, Sheila had a question. Sheila in Portland said, 
where should I network as a new coach? What a great question. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is a great question. So, of course, my first answer is wherever you feel comfortable networking. Um, So start Mm -hmm. with what you know. Start with what you're passionate about. But if what you're asking underneath that is uh, where do I – where should I be plugging in? Um, two, there are two places I would suggest. One is a place where you can connect with coaches who have been around the block a few times. So perhaps your local ICS, perhaps in the Choice Interactive community, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. perhaps in online at the uh, the Leading Coaches Center is is a free place to connect with other coaches. Um, Facebook, I think, has lots of things going on for coaches. So. Lots of places that where you can network both online and in person with coaches uh, would be a valuable place to meet colleagues and to connect with other folks and to really just kind of fine-tune the system that you're building for yourself in your new coaching business. And then the other place would be wherever your clients hang out. So if you're someone who serves, um, let's say you're a – I don't know what kind of coach you are, but if you're a parenting coach and you want to work with parents, then you might join your local PTA. Um, if you're a, a fitness coach, you might want to find you know local fitness facilities that you can get involved in that have things for their membership. Um, if you're an executive coach or a corporate coach, you want to find opportunities to connect with the the ideal clients that you want to serve. So where do they go? Where, what kinds of um, what kinds of activities are they involved in? Um, and what kinds of um, when you think about things that you would do for charitable acts, you know, like uh, charities that you might get involved in or local organizations, where would they be likely to be getting involved? And find places where that aligns with your interests and your passions and get involved in whatever your interests are because wherever you are networking, it's not like you have to go network in official networking meetings. You you're, you can just be networking all the time. And if you're doing something that – matches your interests and your passions you know if i've heard of people who really love knitting and went and joined a knitting circle and it turned out that the other people in the knitting circle had relationships either marriages or children or spouses or um you know family members who were exactly the ideal clients for this woman that they knew in their knitting circle and, and referrals and networks grow that way so there's no wrong place to go um i would say just honor your passions and interests and do what you're connected to and you'll find other like-minded people to connect with and even if they're not your direct prospective clients chances are in today's day and age they're connected within one or two degrees of your ideal clients Mm, how true how true thanks Susie. that was an awesome explanation and i think the other question comes to mind for me that maybe is on the minds of our listeners is so how often should we network? And I'm all the guessing time. your answer is probably all the time. <laughs> oh, even better than the one I was thinking. <laughs> at the grocery the store, at the coffee shop, at the PTA, waiting in line to pick up your kids. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, that gets exhausting. It's true, but that gets exhausting. You know, there are definitely times when you get on a plane and you just don't want to talk to the person next to you. You just want to take a nap, right? So 
um, networking all the time in ways that are comfortable for you. Again, you have to design what works for you. I used to be much more extroverted as I was younger. I know the Myers-Briggs people say it doesn't change, but for me it has changed. And as I get older and more introverted, I find that I once if I once a day can meet someone for lunch or coffee, that's good for me for networking. Um, I don't need to go to these big meetings where I'm meeting 700 people at once or even going to small meetings where I'm meeting 15 to 20 people at once. I'm good with one person at a time, one-on-one. To me, that's the most meaningful and entertaining and uh, energizing way of networking. Um, But I know you, Gary, love to go to conferences, and you go to ICF meetings and all kinds of conferences all the time, and you're great in that environment. So. I think that it's not so much how much networking, it's I, I, what I would say is another mindset shift. I would say do what you love, you do anyway, but think networking, right? Mm. So you're already interacting with people in the world, and well, maybe you're not. If you're not, if you're a hermit, then that's not going to help you grow your coaching business. So if you're not already interacting with people in the world, start finding ways to interact with people that fit with you and what matters to you. But most of us are already interacting in the world in some way. We're just not present to networking when we're doing so, right? Like when you're running to the grocery store, you're thinking about your groceries, you're not thinking about networking. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, honestly, you can. You can connect with people anytime, anywhere, whenever you remember to do so. But I would say to make networking an ongoing action. It's critical. It's the... It's the control lever for your business. Like I was saying before, you know, it's the thing you can dial up to get more results or dial down if you're overwhelmed. Mm, Very good point. Well, you know, it it reminds me of the comment that Lisa in Kansas made. She said, networking is being authentic. And what Uh you just spoke to is exactly that. It's about about being authentically you. And it's like the guy in the mirror that you showed earlier that was practicing lying. People can smell inauthenticity. You can. Everybody else can, too. (laughs) So (laughs) just be yourself. And if it requires practice, it requires practice. Yeah, and and Um, not practicing lying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, that's what it is. Practicing networking. (laughs) Practicing what works for you. Um, Yeah, but see, you know, so if you're – oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, if you're one of those people who, you know, I hear people all the time say, right, if you hate networking, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> because it, it, sh- it should be, and I'm, I know, I don't want to, I, I, I tried at, at an early age to eradicate the word should from my vocabulary um, because I was I was doing a lot of shoulding. <laughs> But yeah. really, this is a should. It should be fun because it should be un- it should be uniquely your way of connecting in the world, in a way that works for you. And so, if you hate networking, it means you're trying to force yourself into doing a format or a kind or a frequency of networking that is not aligned for you. And I would look at that. So take a good look. If your honest reaction is, "I hate networking." I would challenge you to find or talk to other people or, you know, email me and I'll help you figure out a way to network that works for you, that honors you, that allows you to be yourself, that is fun for you, that is effortless and joyful and is not something that you hate. Because if you hate it, I'm not going to say go do something you hate just to get business because that's not going to work. Perfect, yeah. 
exactly. Oh, oh, the lessons we've learned over the years, right, Susie? Amen. <laughs> uh, Tom in Palm Springs, uh, and this was a while ago, but I want to mention it. Thanks for your definition and explanation of sales. Being of service is helpful, and a series of conversations is a better, better way to think about it. Yeah, that's great. And as awesome. coaches, you know, we're the, as coaches, we, you know, if we were store owners, we would deal in products on the shelves or widgets. As coaches, we deal in conversations. That is our currency. Um, so understanding that sales is a series of conversations, this is a currency you already have mastery over. Yeah, we do. It's not like new <laughs> We've done a lot of training in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's oh, not anything new you have to go get or learn or do, right? You've already got it. I think it's just kind of shifting around how you hold it so that you can so that it can work for you instead of being afraid of it. Good point. And and there's a good point right there. Don't be afraid of it. Mhm. Yeah. Let let go of the fear, do it anyway. Um we have uh one final question, just a reminder to our listeners to post on the uh question board there if you have any questions or comments. Uh otherwise we're getting close to a wrap up here. Uh Karen in Chicago has a question. What system or systems do you have in place to get, keep and manage clients? Oh, a systems person. Mm, yeah. So to get keep and manage clients. It's so funny because so many of my systems are really um, old school paper and pencil systems because that's what works for me. Um, So that's a really big question, actually. I have a lot of systems (laughs) in place. Um, So they're all different systems. There's one system for getting clients, which is this, uh, what I just shared with you. It's the networking, marketing, and sales. It's the business development stool. It's taking actions, concerted actions in all three domains simultaneously and being conscious of it. It's it's sort of a mindfulness around networking, marketing, and sales all the time that, that generates it. But then there's also a system around referrals, and then there's also a system around um, managing clients once they're in the door, and then there's also a system around keeping clients um, or inviting them to continue if that's appropriate, helping them figure out what their next steps are. So um, I, I kind of feel like that's three whole workshops in just that one question. Right? <laughs> it is, it is, but, you know, uh, it's one of those uh, questions, and I have to say that's one of the things that we pride ourselves over here at the Choice Interactive membership is that that's exactly the kind of question that we can help with and mm-hmm. the members can help with is, you know, and I loved your answer because I was expecting like we'll use, you know, this uh, computer system and or use that one. I'm not going to mention any right now, but you can find them at Gar- in Gary's list and in the uh, and in the bonus package. But What you pointed to was more a, it's almost like um, the the mental system, the physical system, if you will, of of what you're doing and how to do it. So I love the the way that you answered that question because there are as many systems as there are people. I think what bottom line is just do something. If it's pen and, if you're looking for something like what we were talking about, physical, like pen and paper, Grab a pen and paper until you can figure something else out. 
Talk to your peers. Ask them what they're using. And I'm like you, Susie. I, I, I love systems, but I keep switching. I can find myself with a pen and paper one day and Evernote on a computer another. And, you know, one day I'll be doing it on my iPad, and the next day I'm on my computer, and the next day I'm back to a pen and paper. So it just depends on I, – I love being creative and having fun. And for me, starting and or regurgitating systems is fun for me. You know, yeah, so and I, I mean, I have different systems for different things that I feel need systems to manage them, right? So, you know, I have a mm-hmm. whiteboard in my office that has sort of a global system that I remind myself of, but then I've got a, <laughs> you know, I've got a spreadsheet on my um, on my desktop of like my client clients and where they are in their coaching process and where I am in my billing, as well as. Um, you know, prospects and where they are in the sales process. And, you know, so, and then I've got a paper calendar where where I keep track of all my client (laughs) appointments, right? So, I mean, it's like a whole mix. It's not that there's any one system where I would say it's the be-all, end-all system. And, um, you know, then there's more global business back-end systems like the Coach's Console. And, I mean, there's so many great systems. Like there's Mm -hmm. the... um, the journaling system, the journal engine system, and I, I know all of these are on Gary's list. So, um, I mean, there's a million systems out there, and you just have to find or create what works for you because you could have every system under the sun, but if you don't use it, it's not effective for you. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Well said, well said. Well, one more check here, see if there are any other questions. And, again, I thank our audience for being here, and doesn't look like there are any new ones. So it's time to wrap up. Where to begin? Well, first, let's start with Susie. Susie, you love what you do, and you love helping others do what you love to do. And I want to thank you very much for helping us understand how to seal the deal in our coaching business so we can keep doing what we love to do. And it's so great that you showed us today that we can do what we love while we're getting clients, not just after we've gotten the client. And that's awesome. What a perspective. And I think a lot of our listeners got that today. And I, from the comments, they've had some shifts. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and be with us and share your wisdom today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I want to thank the audience for being here today because without our readers and our audience, what's the point? We wouldn't have as much fun. Thanks, everyone, for your questions uh, and comments. And finally, I'd like to thank the sponsor of our Telesummit, which is us, the Choice Interactive Membership. And as you can see on the screen, if you want to know more about it, go to choice.leadpages.net forward slash sim. And you can find out all of the components and how to register for the interactive membership. And also, please look in your mailbox. You would have received last Thursday an offer for a discounted membership if that's your desire. Come join the community and the guided pathway to success in your business and your coaching. A reminder of our final call in the series, Janet Harvey, The Heart of Mastery, Sustaining Coaching Professionalism. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you so much, Susie. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye.